Oh boy. You name your Christmas trees. No, I don't normally, but oh, okay. I did this year because, Why? well, okay. Normally, you know, we go as a family, right? And pick out the tree. Well, last Friday, I wanted to go. Nobody else could go. I said, fine, I'm going. So I go and I was in a hurry and I just picked the first one that I saw. I was like, yep, that looks good. Put on the car, came home. Andrew got it in on the stand. And I'm like, holy cow, that's a big fat tree. The thing was huge. It was like fat, fat, fat. And I was like, man, okay. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to decorate it. Get it all decorated. Fast forward to the next morning. I'm sitting there enjoying my nice cup of coffee, looking at the tree. And then it literally fell over and crashed <laughs> on me, like ornaments all over the floor. And I was oh, like, no. oh my gosh. So I have named it fat bastard because <laughs> then I get it all redecorated. Okay. For the second time now, Uh huh. five hours later, the daggone thing fell over again. Is this so, tree still in your house? Yes. Andrew had to like tether it to the wall. Oh, like we had to get like a, anyway, this then, is like Christmas wait, vacation. Okay. This is, this is probably TMI, but listen, that night, you know, now I've decorated it three times. Okay. That night I go to bed and I guess I was sleepwalking guys because <laughs> I get up, I get up out of bed and I see, I think I see smoke coming out from the floorboard and I go, Oh my God, the tree is on fire. <laughs> it's like it's cursed. Yeah. It is. And I start like running down the stairs and I get like halfway down the stairs and I, I peer around and I look, and of course the tree is not, it's not even on. And then I like, oh, I'm like okay. what am You're I doing? I'm, about all the, all the I was things that could happen with this tree. Yeah. I was like dreaming, but like sleepwalking <laughs> or something. I, like I thought I saw smoke hmm. in my room and I thought so the that's tree. Like, was, I think your tree is the ghost me. of Christmas present. It's haunting uh, me. My Christmas tree that's the ghost of Christmas past is actually a, a good story of a tree falling over. Um, so when my wife and I were dating, um, she was divorced really young, got married really young, got divorced, terrible situation. And I was like, this is awesome because now I have a chance to get someone that there's no way I'd ever, I'd ever have a chance with. Right. But she still broke up with me several times in the process. And I always had a feeling I had to do with girl, Melanie. I, I needed a haircut like I do now. And she'd just be like, I can't deal with this kid. His hair is a disaster. Wait, so you got, need a haircut right now? Oh yeah. This is bad. This is, this is bad. I'm going on like two and a half, three weeks. Okay. Anyway, right. that's not the point right, of the we'll story. We'll come back yet. to that. Okay. Point of the story is I got my haircut. And so I was like feeling pretty good that we'd start dating again. And then wouldn't you know it, her Christmas tree fell over and we just broke up like three days ago. And she's like, Kevin, I need your help. My Christmas tree fell over. And I said, no problem. I'll come over. And then we never broke up again. Oh, so, saved you know, Christmas tree falling over. Is so that what... was a good, yeah, that was a good tree, right? Yeah. Unlike so that's that why I'm bastard thinking... that keeps falling over and right. tormenting me in my dreams. It's apparently. the ghost of Christmas present. And the ghost of Christmas future is some like demented I've... AI Christmas tree hybrid that actually tries to proactively kill you. Yeah. Also, family. should I be alarmed that I was like walking in my sleep and thought I saw smoke coming out of my floorboard? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. it happens I mean, to some people. I don't know. 
when they're smoking things when they're worried <laughs> about their tree <laughs> or or ingesting something they're not supposed to yeah wait I julie don't do you know. have a notebook do you have notes for this <laughs> oh this podcast? is just my notebook with everything like to-do list okay i was highly distracting i was like if you're taking notes, notes about but what to do when no, your tree falls over out of my way sorry <laughs> no if you if you can take over this nonsense that's fine all right let's get started Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Welcome to episode 316. I'm Kevin Oakley, and with me today is Julie Jarnigan and the one and only Jen Barkin. Jen, I didn't think you were ever coming back. Oh, hey, I Kevin. I thought you were going to be I, like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I have been here. You have not. That's true. So I've been here with Andrew. I've been here with Beth and Julie. Mm-hmm. It's true. I've been here. But I didn't think I'd see you again with me on a podcast anytime soon. And here you are. You're, hey, you're not I'm, giving up on us. Oh, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. I have For my those coffee. Of you who might not understand why my thought would be that we wouldn't see Jen in a while is that she has her own podcast. Woo! Go ahead, it, Jen. It actually, Take away story time. Hey, you can it you get actually started. started. It started on your podcast because I was on here one time with you and Andrew, and he said, "I don't know why you don't just have your own podcast." Mm, he shamed and, me publicly. That's what it was. I've heard yeah, this he story did. before, but I assumed it was like a private conversation. Oh, no, he, he, just you no, he said it on, on He said it right here. And I was like, huh. And so then, of course, you know, that's been in my head. And, you know, listen, online people talking, we have been doing since 2019. And even before that, we were doing Facebook lives and, and coming on every month and talking to people. And, you know, I'm just so excited about this. We decided to take it to a podcast format to make it just an easier platform, really just listen anywhere you're at, however you want to get your information. And, you know, the, the Facebook lives are awesome and we love that. And we're still going to do, you know, opt that way sometimes, but you know, for our guests too, like being like live is a different oh, a vibe. Whole, it is a whole <laughs> other a thing. Different, it's a different vibe than, uh, you know, being on, you know, doing a podcast. So I'm just so excited. And I think what I'm most excited about is my former online sales specialist self is just excited to highlight other online sales specialists that are just doing such amazing things out there. That's really why we started opt in the first place is to have that platform for, online sales specialists to talk about like, Hey, here's something cool I'm doing, or here's a challenge I'm having and just kind of get that word out there for other people to have a place to talk about it. So, so excited. I think it it's is official. Right, it is out. It is in the, the wild. Right it's there. Now I think you're going to sprinkle in some of the old episodes that maybe some people might not have missed. I yes. mean, li lives are great. There's this, yeah. you know, NASCAR scenario where, everything could go horrible at any point, which just makes them extra entertaining. You know, someone could barge in dogs or chickens or uh, whatever. Donkeys. Uh, and the interactivity part is fantastic when people are live, yeah. but scheduling it all. And then 
you know, you got to deal with the algorithms. Sometimes people don't see them. It's hard. You can't really subscribe in the same way mm-hmm. necessarily. Yeah. Um, I think it's great. Do you know when, do you know what year we started doing live videos, by the way, the very first DYC live? No. Episode? When was that? You're not going to believe this. This doesn't seem real. October 13th of 2016. 2016. Wow. Folks. So that was seven years ago. Yeah. That was forever. I can't believe we could live stream something that long ago, actually. Wow. Look, I believe look at it. This. I believe it because I was looking back at some some really, really <laughs> awesome. I don't have yeah, a beard, really, folks. Oh my I gosh. Have, look at that I have, baby. I have almost look at no that baby. Hair. Isn't that crazy? DYC live episode two. Yeah. What so was I don't that know, about? Apparently episode one was so horrible or it wasn't recorded <laughs> that we didn't post you deleted it. deleted it. Yeah, it's gone. I just love looking, I love looking back at the old stuff that we used to do and how, um, Mike had no gray hair Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I'm like, wow, fast forward. Well, I think the frequency, um, change will be great to be able to get this stuff out sooner. Like you said, not being live gives guests. There's a lot of people who are like, I just, I don't want to be live because I'm freaked out by it. But as soon or, yeah. or they want to over prepare and rehearse, you know, like that's not what yeah, we do here. Exactly. Yeah. Listen, authentic over perfect. So it's like some, you know, and also the technical thing, like we've had issues with the Facebook streaming sometimes too with bandwidth and things like that. So yeah. We're excited. Check it out. Let us that's know awesome. what you think. Yeah. And I see here there's something else that you want to talk about for your story time. Listen, I could talk about lots of different things, but one definite thing I need to do is shout out to the national award winners for online sales. Come on. Love seeing yeah. that. That was just released yesterday. Um, so bring home the gold, bring home the gold and Opta's up for an award too. So Yay. yeah, you can feel the oxygen in the air just kind of disappear in, for, for a couple hours, at least half a day when that stuff gets released. Yeah, And everyone's just like focused on that for, for a period of time, for sure. It's always a fun to see Yeah, everyone who's in there. All right. Uh, there's still something else. You, uh, you don't have to keep talking, but you can. No, there's one more thing. I stand know, on I'll list. save that. I'll save that one. You're okay. saving it for opt. You don't you want say, to yeah, exactly. it save it for online people. I'll save it for online people talking <laughs> podcast. Thank you very hey. much. Let's be clear too, um, and we'll put this in the show notes, but um, Online People Talking is a different podcast. It has yes. its own feed that you need to subscribe to. So don't don't email show, do you convert and be like, where is my my show in the Market Proof Marketing feed? It's a, it's a separate feed. You can subscribe to both. We hope you do. Yeah. Um, but just make sure you go over and hit subscribe on your favorite source of podcasts. All right, Julie, what do you got for story time? Yeah, so I was having some weird health stuff, nothing bad, just annoying little. And I thought, well, I'm going to, it could be diet related. So I'm going to start recording everything I eat and just see if I can figure out like if something specific is causing. And like the first few days you feel like, like this isn't helping. Like this is just annoying to write all this down. And it could be a million things. It could be because I didn't sleep very well. Or it could be because I didn't drink enough water because I worked out or whatever. But then like after you do it for long enough, I don't know, your like subconscious becomes kind of attuned to something where you don't have to go look at a spreadsheet. It just all starts like, oh, that's 
that's the thing, you know? And if I eat a piece of cake, then my workout tomorrow is going to be awful. You know, just, it just starts kind of, I think like your brain starts looking for those things. Mm. And so I started putting it together in for analytics, you know, you and Andrew and Sarah talk about coffee and analytics all the time. And when you get in there at first, you're like, I mean, it looks exactly like it did yesterday. Like, why am I looking at this? What am I looking for? It doesn't make any sense. But after like all this repetition of just having your eyes on it, it's like it tunes your brain to another level to be able to notice things that you might not notice before. And before you're making decisions, you don't have to go look at it on a spreadsheet or analytics. You've just seen these things enough that the patterns start forming, even if you can't like put your finger on it. It's why when, um, you know, Kevin's talking on a meeting and we're like, how does he remember that? Like, how does he know that? And it's just enough years of seeing enough Mm -hmm. data in your brain that it just starts coming up. It starts noticing the patterns in a different way. So that just um, a light bulb as I've been like writing down all, I just had to write down that I ate an Amy's apple. Thank <laughs> you, Kevin. Full of caramel. I'm sure that's going to make me. <laughs> What's an <laughs> Amy's apple? Good. Oh, you'll find out. You'll find out. Oh. And then you're going to be mad at me, but you're you're going to find out. Okay. Mike was mad early. He's okay. like, what the hell have you been not telling me about this for? Okay. <laughs> hey, that, can I Sorry, ask I a question? Can a I ask you a question though? Yes, Something that. Something that Julie just said about patterns Mm. and experience. And when Mm -hmm. you know, you kind of know how off, how many chances do you give a underperforming, um, like marketer or online sales specialist, um, before you say like, we've had this conversation how many times and it's just not working before you go, I have enough experience to know, like, this is just not a good fit for you. How many, like, how, what's the pattern? Yeah. What's the time, time frame here for, for that? Like when you're well, talking, unfortunately, it's often this is a leadership conversation. We don't get to fire anyone. No. Yeah. 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 No, I'm, no. I'm saying <laughs> like leadership. Make this decision. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I think the first thing is, and with kids is where I think I've learned this more so even than in, in business because of the background expertise. I, I mean, no one, nothing's ever for certain Jen, but we start working with someone new or we're talking with someone and we're looking at some of the data and what they've done before, like nine, 90% chance that we know exactly what the issue is and what mm-hmm. we're going to overcome. The trouble comes down to, there's people who learn things the easy way and they understand that they're paying you to help them solve a problem or analyze their their food diary and help them pinpoint the issue. And then there's other people who are like, no, I have to learn the hard way. And mm-hmm. I think the hard part as a manager is separating whether learning the hard way is so detrimental, depending on what it is, that it's unacceptable or it's actually a good thing. So there's, there's, I think, I think that's, what's hard is you think about like an online salesperson, for instance, who does 80% of the job exactly as prescribed and then some, and we know that the other 20% is holding them back. We're trying to help them understand it. Like, is that 20% so detrimental or the 10% that you're working on currently at that time? It's like, we, this is so bad. We can't allow it. We can't be patient. Or do you like with my kids, you want to help them. And then sometimes you're like, you know, it's just better to let them 
go through this well, season for I, a little bit and figure it out. Because on the yeah, other end, I think that's they internalize where, it better. Well, I think that's kind of where I'm going at is like you set expectations once you have a reset conversation. Okay, twice. And then it's like strike three, you're out. And that's when, you know, as a, as a, well, as a coach, it's kind of like, okay, we've had this conversation three times. Like you, like you've got to either step up or step out. Um, and I just think sometimes we just, we just don't want to give up on people. Right. But I think if you've had those conversations, there just comes a time when leadership, you know, you need to make the decision. Like this is just not a fit and listen, leads are too important right now. Leads are too important right now to not be clear, set expectations and have the best people. Yeah. But you know me, I I like gray. Most people are desperate to have me give black and white, but I do like the gray in that. Like if that person, are we talking about the difference of being average and good or the, or good to silver award winner? Great. Talking about like not doing your job. Okay. See that that's, that's, that's in a different place than where I took the, I took the initial question. Whereas like, if you're, if you're an expert at 80% of your field of yeah. view, you're really good at your job. Cause I've, I mean, mm-hmm. I, maybe I just, yeah. I'm the only one who interacts with a lot of people in like the non-work world who I'm like, I think you're 10% yeah. capable of what it is your company is asking you to do. Yeah. But that, that's where, again, not everyone on the team is going to be exceptional. So if you only have one OSC, they better be great because that's all you got. Right. If you're building a team, right. Not everyone's going to be that top performer and that that but yeah, I think if we're talking about minimum standard type stuff, I don't think you have to even get to three. In yeah. fact, one of the one of the marketers um or an owner was asking us about a marketer. And three months ago, our our feedback was no, this person's smart, they're on it, stop letting other people kind of get involved and they're mm-hmm. kind of tilting them off course. Another three months goes by and we have a similar, like, Hey, wh- what do we think? Like, you know what? This person's not stepping up. They're fully capable. They're not executing uh, well enough. They're not taking enough ownership. They're not taking things to hundred percent completion. They seem kind of okay at mm-hmm. 85% completion. You can make a change here if you need to. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think the message too is like, don't be afraid to make a change. Like, like don't be afraid to, right. Like don't, you know, don't be afraid to, to make a change. And because what you, what you accept becomes your new standard. Mm -hmm. So accept, you know, don't accept just Make sure you know what you're accepting, I guess. Yeah, this is this is maybe too much inside baseball. But <laughs> the hard part is if we know there is a problem, but but the president of the company or the highest level person that we interact with doesn't understand the role to begin with. Mm-hmm. That's that's honestly where a lot of the friction comes from, is you know, given again the scope of work and the the ask that's been made of some of the team at do you convert we're interacting with people and we're saying hey here's where we need to go here's ideas to help here's yeah. best practices and if the if the person who's managing some of the folks we're working with is like i mean they do all the things i ask them to do 
-hmm. but they're not things that really matter in terms of moving the needle. That gets really hard too. Yeah. Because it's not that people aren't good. It's their willingness to, to change, grow, mm -hmm. yeah. adjust. Yeah. Dairy patterns. Don't be afraid to make changes. Yeah. I think right now people are afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. Because of the market and because that feeling of just kind of tightness. Not, not making mistakes is a mistake too, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay. okay. Any other questions, Jen? No, no, no. That was yeah. just, when she said something about patterns, it made me just think about, think about that. Yeah. Well, okay. Where I thought you were going and I, I, I want to hear Julie take on this too, is as you get super old, like me, um, then you, you, you also start worrying you, about, so don't say that. <laughs> good, well, well, part of pattern recognition is understanding what things you don't need to absorb into your long-term memory. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and yet right. that is, if you become too callous to that, that becomes your biggest blind spot mm -hmm. as an expert who's like, I don't need to pay attention. And then all of a sudden that stuff you think you don't need to pay attention to on the margins starts to get like your field of view gets narrower and narrower and narrower and every, everything as a hammer looks like a nail kind of problem. Mm -hmm. And so I try to kind of regularly like challenge my own assumptions as if I don't know anything again, but I don't know how to articulate that to be helpful to anyone else of like, be confident. Well, always what you be know. curious. Like don't basically what you're saying, right. Is you're saying like it, you know, at an expert level, you could sometimes be like, I know, I know everything without getting into the weeds. Right. You're kind of yeah. like, you could look at something from out here and be like, you know, so you know, you gotta, you know, that that's where you create blind spots is what you're saying. So like, if you don't take time to get into the weeds or the details or ask questions, be curious, then you could potentially miss something. And you can start relying on the data so much. It becomes a crutch for you not to take any chances anywhere else. So sometimes people want to look at, you know, going back to the analytics example, well, that that one's converting at this level and this one's not converting this hassle. Let's just get rid of it. And it's like, no, 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 you're you're just basing, you're just looking at one thing and making a decision. So I think sometimes people can, if they're only looking at the numbers and not taking any outside um, factors, context um, into consideration, you can get into what you're talking about where you're just like so focused in on one thing, you're missing the bigger picture. Well, that's, yeah, that's huge because like I was just recently talking with a, you know, a leader that's like, you know, I'm doing, I'm in the process of doing an audit. So if I'm looking at the numbers and as somebody who has been doing this a long time, I can look at the numbers and pretty much go, okay, I, I can tell what's happening here. Right. Mm -hmm. However, and that's, I'm pretty 90% sure, right. Of, of what's going on. But then when you start kind of asking some questions and diving into some things, it tells a different, there's this backstory and saying, Hey, well, you know, 70% of our leads are coming soon. Okay. That's going to change what the numbers would tell me, right. As far as conversions, just 
looking at it, you know? And so yeah. if somebody's like asking for, you know, to make decisions based on some of these things, right. You have to kind of go deeper and find out a little bit more and not just go. You know, yeah. I think, I think what I'm trying to do for myself is not try to continue flexing or strengthening the muscle of analyzing things really quickly and figuring out the cause as much as tearing things apart and rebuilding them as quickly as possible from the beginning. Because yeah. in the marketing world, yeah. to your example of 70% of your leads are coming soon, um, you can look at something and say that this isn't working and this is usually what's wrong with it. But if the market condition has changed, competitor action has changed, consumer mm -hmm. behavior and psychology in the market has adjusted, there's all these other things that you still have to kind of like, I'm going to, I'm going to take that building block and knock the tower over, grab all the pieces, reassemble them quickly and rebuild it and see, does it, will it stay standing if I rebuild it from the, mm -hmm. cause it, that's, that's typically yeah. what we do live on the calls is we're rebuilding from the beginning. Yeah. And you saying, does this fan. still hold up on it or its own weight or not? If we, if we think this is what's happening. Yeah. You, you have a foundation of understanding what's going on first before you're tearing things down. So like when I was learning writing in college, it was one of those things like, yeah, you need to learn all these rules before you can break these rules. Like all these exactly. rules could be broken, but mm -hmm. you need to know the rules first. Right. So when you've been, you know, studying and in the seat and looking things long enough, then you figure out what you can tear down to build back up. If you've been in new home marketing for one week and you want to go and tear everything down, you may not have the right. foundation yet to build it back up right. in a positive way. Well, there's no iterative learning in that sense because you haven't done it enough times to, to learn and improve each time you tear it down and build it back up. And mm -hmm. that's the, that is one of the big dangers, by the way. Um, and, you know, we love getting new blood and energy when people are hired and brought in. But the initial reaction is so often like I'm bringing all of my prior experience. I haven't really orient, oriented myself to the particular company I'm at or the culture or the industry or the time of the mark, whatever it is. And they just want to tear down and start over and bring in what they had. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, let's just take a chance to exhale first, mm -hmm. figure out where the bathroom is and the coffee pot. And it, before we just say, let's tear the whole thing apart because iter iteration really is. Uh, and again, it goes back to like a balance of, of being willing to fail at different levels of failure at different times in your career. Sometimes it's a small little test. Sometimes it's a big move, but it's learning and iterating. That is at the end of the day, the most important thing long-term. Yeah. You don't want to be stuck with a Rubik's cube. <laughs> How do I put this thing? How do I solve this puzzle? I don't know. Never done it before. You know, yeah, I've still can't figure out Rubik's cubes. No, I don't know how we got, I don't know how we got on this. It's your fault. <laughs> I remember that, but I also I, don't remember how. <laughs> it's Julie's fault. She's talking, talking about dairy. Oh, my, um, my no, story time. Not dairy. Oh, I thought you said oh. No, a diary, a food diary. We just uncovered some dyslexic tendencies <laughs> oh as well. Oh my gosh. From, uh, Oh my God. Yeah, sleepwalking. You haven't fallen lately, have you, Jen? <laughs> no, Mike. <laughs> oh gosh. Only like five people will know the inside joke there. Um, 
All right. My my thing that I've been talking a lot about with builders over the last couple of weeks has been the fact that we have all this good imagery now around our products, but that there is still this big hole in comparison to any other online experience that customers have with details and specifications around what's included. And what I mean by that is if you go on, and I, the example I've been using on calls is Home Depot, and you look at something as simple as an LED disc light that's going to go in the ceiling. There is a details and specifications section, two of them usually, like a detailed product overview and then actual specifications. And instead, all that stuff is buried inside of blueprints or, or floor mm -hmm. plans mm -hmm. where like, I want to know the size of every bedroom because I want to know what size bed fits in it. So yeah, you need to go look at the floor plan. That thing that we know, like we know consumers are not great at reading or understanding, yeah. might see dimensions incorrectly, you know, and that's where you're supposed to find all this other information. Does the house have a warranty or not? I have yet to any of the sites that I've looked at the last two and a half weeks, when I'm looking at a specific quick move in home, there's nothing on that page anywhere that talks about the warranty that's included. And so it's this realization that we have, we have this data and other parts of the website in the about us section or what makes us different section or in the floor plans in like some other brands we trust page, but it's, it's not intuitive and it's broken up too much mm -hmm. for what the consumer is expecting. And so there's the consumer experience part of that. That's really important to consider. And the second part is if, if people are, which, which I think they will over time, going to have these co-pilot AIs that they're going to ask questions to, and those AI systems are going to go out and grab data and analyze and make uh, predictions and assumptions over what kind of home would, would I like, and that information is not there for them to grab, they may be able to put it all together, but why not make it easy? Um, mm -hmm. And... The third is it's just kind of this disconnect of like, yeah, picking your front door color is cool, but also like, again, Becca has been on a lot of calls with me and, and she's like, when I moved most recently, we had a tankless hot water heater and that was, I mean, it's not rational. It's just a, a hot water heater and you could switch it out if you wanted to. She's like, I just, I was, I, I wanted to know. And everywhere I went, I had to ask someone. Because mm -hmm. it wasn't just easily identifiable that it's there. I remember as an online sales specialist in the seat, I would get those questions all the time. Like, what's the dimensions, you know, in the living room? What's the dimensions here, this bedroom, you know? And I mean, I remember it not even being on the floor plans. <laughs> you go try to pull up the floor plan and find yeah. this information and it wasn't there. And I mean, that is the- Do you all know I the bathtub trick? Uh, if oh, you ever look at a floor plan that doesn't have dimensions, you just find a secondary bathroom upstairs. It's typically uh -huh. a five foot bathtub in width. And you just tick off and make your own uh, little ruler with oh, that scale. That's five feet. And then you can okay. you know, figure it out. Some arts and crafts uh, for you all. But so there's there's some challenges to to getting all this information is. We don't want to overwhelm people with information that they're not ready to see yet or don't find interesting. So, you know, compressing it in kind of a hidden area that can be expanded having it there or, or yeah, having it there in, in an yeah. easy way is, is part of this. And then the other thing that I want to get your take on, because as I've done more and more research and just 
awareness of this now. Uh, question and answer section on the floor plan page, because this could get a little bit like some online salespeople I can imagine be like, no, 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 that's why they call or email or fill out the form. Mm -hmm. So don't answer those questions. But but if you saw you know the Stanford floor plan and it had eight questions that people had asked and kind of pre-filled in answers from the online sales team there to some of those questions, how do you feel about that? Well, my first thought is, yeah. hey, I'll I'll take your Q and A if the model hours and the salespeople's names are removed from the you know the page because I still see that a lot too. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, salespeople's phone numbers, model hours, like, and and so I don't have, um. I have more issue with that than I would a Q and a because yep. people can look at the Q and a, but ultimately if there's a really good call to action there with a friendly online sales specialist face, then I'm, I'm happy with that. Well, and the Q and a if nothing else, I think communicates to everyone that you can ask questions and they will be answered. Exactly. Yeah. And you'd still have like, control oh, over which questions you that. keep there or not. It, the Q and A might prompt other questions, right? Like, like oh, the will. Yeah. So yeah, I don't mind it as long as the other things are not there. And then it can also always lead back to, you know, at the end of every question, but every circumstance is different. We'd love to talk to you about yours, that kind of thing. What would really be great is if it, if the Q and A section appeared to be like the online sales specialist was the one answering yeah, those questions. I think that's totally part of it. Yeah. Is these these are yeah. questions answered by the same person that's available for you to interact yeah. with. Yes. Everywhere else. Yeah. yeah. I'm down. Because I think part of this is if we're going to keep moving forward, we have to stop doing things. And yesterday we were on with a builder in the western half of the United States, and on their website, prominently um, in kind of the middle of of every one of their uh, quick move-in homes or floor plan pages, there's three buttons. Uh, view features, which is like an expanded thing, kind of like we talked about. But when you do that right now, there's just five or six bullet points that it adds to it. Um, download brochure and mm -hmm. share. And when we're talking about making changes and adding things or adjusting things, a lot of the pushback is, well, what? how are we going to put all this stuff in here? And I'm like, how many times do you have you ever personally used the share button to, like, don't we just copy the URL and say, yeah. here, check this out? Yes. <laughs> Do we need, we don't need a button anymore. We don't share. No, we don't. No. No. So just get rid of it. No. Download brochure. Yeah. Like, no. Why, why not in just embed a PDF viewer if you want to or need to, but there's better in other ways. And again, just in terms of digital real estate, yes, it's kind of infinite in air quotes, but we, we got to go back through and reprioritize what, what was really yeah. the most helpful for the consumer. And I yeah. think we've been talking about like bingeable content the last few years, but we've mm -hmm. been thinking as of it as being like something that's entertaining and fun and whatever, but it doesn't, when people are really hyper-focused on like, I'm going to build a home, what kind of floor plan do I want? Um, I, I think it can be as basic as like, dimensions and what kind of hot water heater. And sometimes people want to dig into that stuff. I get like hyper-focused on this. If I'm buying like a certain thing, I over-research it to like yeah. 
science degree. And other people shop like that too. So it's just giving those people more and more and more until they're ready to take that next step and making sure that that next step is really clear once they get there. Yeah. And it all, it all goes back to trust and like, you know, people see pictures. Building certainty, you might say. Yeah. Building certainty. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> people see pictures, they see floor plans, whatever. And it's like, but what is that really? you know, what is really included or what is really, what is really the size of this closet? What is really, or is this picture of a real mm -hmm. house that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there's still a lot of that. Like I know my husband would want to know what is the actual dimension of this closet? So I could see if my shoes would fit in there, you know, like, so we need a visualizer yeah. tool for his shoes inside the closet. That's what we need. Well, I, <laughs> I mean, we can get to articles if we need to, but this happens every time Jen comes on. We just talk for, forever. I think a lot of bias comes across as, well, we don't need to repeat stuff over and over again. That's why it's in this other place, Kevin, is these are the things that are included in every one of our homes. But that doesn't, like, if you go to a floor plan page and it just says it includes all of the Diamond Series features, I'm not, I'm not buying some thing in the clouds i'm buying yeah. this particular house right and which means i want to see all the stuff that i get in this particular one it, I, i'm mm -hmm. not going to view it as oh my gosh i can't believe they're listing that stuff again because i saw it last time now you can still get creative with ways to highlight different things that are mm -hmm. more varied by floor plan but okay kevin like i can specific hear matters I can hear the marketers screaming in my ear. They're like screaming at their headphones right now. Mm -hmm. But how are you going to keep all that updated? Because that's going to be because they're going to say somebody oh. saw that specification, but then it had changed and getting updated. So how do you answer those people? Because it's in multiple places now. And yeah, now they you've got to yeah. update it in do multiple places. they manually places. update this? Where does this feed from? How do you get this to work? Yeah. The theory? first thing I would say to the person screaming is chill out. <laughs> And like, is this, is this fear completely rational? Now, what I mean is every house that's on the MLS, Jen, you know, this better than I do because of the world you lived in is everything on the MLS always right all the time. No, call the online sales specialist for the most <laughs> up-to-date information. Yeah. Like it's, it's not all accurate. No, it's anyway. not always accurate, but that's, the, that's the problem. But, but this is people used to say, I, I wish I had the time to go quickly pull this up. People used to say this about renderings. I don't know if you remember this, yeah. uh, Jen, you've been around as, about, as long as I have. I mean, the first time quasi photolistic renderings came out, my division president said, we can't possibly use that because the rendering has garage doors that have five panels yeah. across and ours only have only four. Has four. Like, yeah. Are you serious? Yes. Someone is going to, Com but there's language that can cover all that. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is the interaction between the sales professional and the customer prior to, but so, so that's the first thing is everything's not going to be perfect. And yet also it's not that hard to make it like we have, we hear this still all the time. I was on a call um, last week with someone who's fantastic but they said they had like 16 inventory homes. And I said, I only see five on your website. Yeah, I know. I need, 
And the ones you do have, those aren't on Zillow. Yeah, I have to manually load them on Zillow. Do we want to sell these houses? Because we we need to get them on Zillow. We, we need, need to get, get them, them advertised. Yeah. There's, there's kind of no, in some ways that is like job number one, even before advertising or anything else is, is the, is the, because that's still marketing, all that data and presenting it properly is marketing. Pricing is marketing, all this stuff is marketing. The second thing I would say is that help is on the way with artificial intelligence. And um, you can reference the podcast interview that I did with the foundation folks uh, a couple weeks ago, where you know they're essentially using AI to sift through paperwork and documentation that builders have to get the model numbers of appliances that are going going to go in a customer's home. And the builder oh, wow. themselves is telling foundation, you can't do that because we can't do that. And they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, we can. That's like, I know you've got all this paperwork and all this information, but that's what AI is for. We tell it, go find this. It does a great job of going to find it. Yes, it does have to be vetted, but um, I just, that can't be a reason not to do it. And, the, and then the last thing I would say is it doesn't have to be applied equally, Julie. If um, I say all the time, you're allowed to have favorite floor plans, favorite communities, favorite salespeople. You're not supposed to have favorite children because you birthed them. And that would seem strange, but you absolutely can and should play favorites. The most popular floor plans or uh, the inventory homes that are most likely to sell, if you provided that information, you can prioritize. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people freak out. They're like, well, Kevin, I can't switch all of my first images to pictures because one third of my homes have never been built yet. And so they'll have to be a rendering and then it'll look weird. I'm like, but those have never been built. So like the ones that were built, you're you're not going to use the picture because it's not e- fair or equal to the right. to the floor plan. That doesn't to make the house. Any sense. Um, and I yeah, I, I, and there there are tools that that can make this better. Also, simplification of product over time. I think that's again something that I've talked a lot about. Um, my fascination with is the folks at Hierarch, and the idea of essentially only having one floor plan that can be built in an infinite number of ways because the walls are always built the same way, no matter what design you make, all built off of this one kind of mm-hmm. core house design. That'll make a lot of this uh, easier too. Well, my first thought when you said that, Julie, was like, I could see where, why you're saying that. Like, oh my gosh, I have to change this and have to stay on top of this when I have all these other things to stay on top of. But how realistically if you had these core things in there, how often does that information change? Like, I mean, not, not, not all the time, but I mean, every, every house that's sold as a pre-sale, the customer signs off on a description of materials. And as part of it says, we're going to give you cement fibrous siding. At at this moment, it's Hardy, James Hardy product. But if for some reason we can't get it, or something happens where we decide that we're going to give you a different type of fiber cement siding, we're allowed to do that. Right. So substitutions and changes, again, I think we're letting- Just have um, language around that is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. And to kind of wrap this up so we can talk about at least one uh, article before we run out of time, <laughs> wouldn't that be kind of the problem that you want to have happen in today's market? Meaning- I like, want to have a conversation with everybody about- these homes. So like, just, yeah, let's have as many conversations as possible. 
and 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 solve those individually because when you right. solve each one you're going to hopefully fix the root cause and not have to have it again right but I, I really do think um the other thing people are always worried about is well then my competitor will know everything that's my home oh, uh, okay yeah. That, that that's there. But you know what we know already is that sitemaps have a huge impact on customers wanting to come back and check and see, did that is that home site still available? Is it pending? Is it sold? Mm-hmm. Some builders have prioritized that if you become a lead for a particular neighborhood, every time the sitemap can a change happens, an email can go out saying, hey, because you've expressed interest in Happy Acres, we want to let you know that this week home site three, four, and nine all sold. Mm-hmm. Click here to check the latest one. You, you can, again, give people a reason to sign up by saying, if if you want to be notified anytime there is a change made to yeah. any of these features or included things, let us know. I just like that I got you all riled up about something. <laughs> well, because it's the same, it is the exact same argument, Julie, <laughs> that people said about pictures. And sudden, oh, somehow, yeah. some way, we all figured out how to have more than eight pictures per house and keep yeah. it organized and up to date. But it's the same argument of like, how can we do that? Maybe maybe you need to be a or- better organized department or, or person. I don't know. Ooh. Or just, I mean. Spicy. It, it's, yeah, I need to, I need <laughs> to stop. The, grunt work is annoying. I understand. No one likes grunt work. No one likes mundane work. But if the That's mundane That's a great job work, for an intern. Yeah, well, but if the mundane work produces <laughs> sales, a sale, yeah, guess what? You like in in some weird way, I think that's actually the best case scenario. When I was talking to someone today, their their metrics and their numbers are just incredible. They're consistently in the top of their field. They can, I mean, they have more leads consistently all year long than they've ever needed. They consistently set way more appointments than their sales team needs. And we made the comment kind of joking, like, this is really boring. Like you're at the, you're at the top and you're, and you're consistently performing and that's boring. That could feel like drudgery or grunt work, Mm -hmm. but guess what? It's producing results. Right. So if you're doing, if, I mean, Julie, remember, and then I promise I'm done. (laughs) <laughs> Remember when we had a couple of strategies for ads that would sell inventory homes really quickly? Yeah. And some of the biggest questions were, well, aren't we going to have to make a lot of these because they're selling so fast? And I was like, what world are we in? Yeah. <laughs> Making another ad in the house selling. That's the world I want to live in. Sign me up for it. Yeah. Okay. On to the news. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Redfin predicts 2024 will be the year home buyers catch oh, a break with home prices. Let's hit when we fall. talk about the pet one. Oh, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll <laughs> just do those two, and then we'll we'll move on uh, to next week's episode. Um, Redfin predicts 2024 will be the year home buyers catch a break with home prices falling and new listings rising. Yeah. Prediction number one: home prices are going to fall. Get ready for it. Get ready for it. One percent. One percent. When they're like, up, how much? Like, I mean, from I now, mean, not from three years ago. It's crazy. Yeah, even this year. Like, I is that think, even and, something to talk about? <laughs> no, it's it. <laughs> I I feel like there's a meme that just says oh. like get used to being poor or something, but it's it's like you have to at some point. Everyone who's ever bought their first home 
has made a leap that they didn't think felt very safe. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to buy all this stuff. Oh my gosh. It's like when you bring home a child for the first time, you're like, what, what just happened? Yeah, what are we doing? But you got to take that leap and take that stretch to be quote unquote in the game because, you know, prices dipped this year, uh, yeah. I think 2%. And then they went back up and, and are ending the year, like five to 7% price appreciation averaging for the year. Mm -hmm. So that one's not going to help. Prediction number two, new listings will tick up. Now, I think this is true uh, because like there's just pent up demand all over the place. And we talked about this on a lot, a lot of calls the past couple of weeks too of, okay, so you had a kid in late 21 or 22 and you didn't pull the trigger because rates went up. Well, now the kid's a year older and they can't stay in your bedroom forever. Mm -hmm. Like the, just the things that cause uh, people to need to move are piling up and uh, listings are expected to increase, but they're not going to go wild to the point of making prices go down more than 1% because a lot of people still don't want to sell because they have incredible interest rate. So th mm -hmm. there still is like, there'll be more opportunity. And I think that's all going to be good for builders because people need confidence that they can sell their existing home mm -hmm. um, as well. So I feel good about that one. Uh, prediction number three, home sales will increase and end the year up 5%. That one seems to be true, if nothing else, because our, our friend Mike Simonson at Altos Research has been showing that um, the number of existing homes being newly listed is still increasing for the year. And that's not supposed to happen at this time of the year. And almost by definition, the more homes that are on the market now will lead to more homes being sold next year. So mm -hmm. that's pretty good. Prediction number four, mortgage rates will steadily decline, but remain above 6%. I think that sounds good. Like six and a half, six. Mm -hmm. That means you'll be able to affordably buy down the rate to five mm -hmm. easy. Yeah. I like that one. Um, Out of all of them, that one makes me the most excited. Yeah. Prediction number five, change will come to the real estate industry. This one's just talking about the commission lawsuits and the fact that how realtors are compensated. And there's there's wild speculation right now, actually, that Redfin might be the first large brokerage to just say, we're not like officially before anything else gets settled, we're not going to pay buyer's agents anything. So you can read that's more about the, that. That's the rumor? That's the rumor. Is that what you yeah. said? Mm-hmm. Mm Yep. But also it's interesting. Like I literally was asking a realtor, like what they thought about it, And they're like, what are you talking about? Oh, it's hilarious. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, go read this. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do more on that topic just so everyone's ready. But it, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting worse in terms of copycat lawsuits and the number of things piling up, um, on that side. Uh, Prediction number seven is political. I don't really care. Something about Biden not being reelected because housing is unaffordable. I don't like politics. So we'll skip that one. All right. Next up, ionhousing.org. Pause and property. Unleashing the impact of pets on home buying decisions. I mean. Jen, did, did you suggest this one to us? Did you find I did this not. I did not. But I was really excited when I looked at this because it's so true. Like, so. It, I mean, I know pets are important, 
but you think, Maybe. I mean, you. I mean, I like my dog, but I don't love my dog. So that's the difference. I but guess. wouldn't you consider a certain type of flooring? Like it, because you have a dog, oh, a Jim, big dog. You're talking to someone who right now, my wife chose to have hardwood steps <laughs> down to the basement and upstairs. Do we have a carpet runner? No, because she doesn't like the look of a carpet runner. We have a golden retriever, folks. And we have four kids. They slip and slide down the stairs. It is it is a constant scratch fest. And I'm the only one in the house who will take the oil and go back and try to hide it for half a day. But no, that okay, we are not so practical in not, that sense. Okay. But but we're I know we're weird in that sense. I think most people would. I mean, laminate final plank has become hugely popular. Yeah. In in part because of of pets for sure. For well, sure. But like accessibility. I I mean, I just I think all these things are nice to have. Well, okay. I want to, I want to hear your favorites, but here's, here's, here's my controversial point is right now there's just not enough homes on the market. Generally, like my friends just bought a house that's wildly, in my opinion, overpriced. They never even took a tour of it and they had to overbid four people. Then they move in and they realize that it's next to a major highway and it's really loud at night when the cars are driving and trucks are driving. I don't like that experience just tells me that they didn't really have the luxury of thinking through a lot of this other stuff in the current market. I was so building, yeah. if I was building, this is me though. And I know I'm unique, but if I was building a new home right now, I would definitely take into consideration, you know, where the, the home site was located in relation to a big highway. I would have uh, definitely I have a fence. I would consider the flooring. I would consider even a dog washing. Um, I would want a dog washing station um, so that I didn't have to go somewhere to groom the dogs or bend over into a tub. Mm -hmm. Um I don't care for dog parks, so that wouldn't be that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, like I would definitely, that would play a factor into, and and if I'm going to, if I'm going to build a new home the way that I want it, which is the yes. beauty of building a new home right now, instead of a used home, mm -hmm. I'm going to want those things because it's important to me. So, yeah, I think that's. Design studio spaces or model home spaces definitely need to highlight these features. I'm yeah. with you there. Yeah. hundred percent. I just, I think, um, as, as a current existing house, these would be on my nice to have list, not my like going to make the decision yeah. for me list, but also most people love their pets. Like I said, I just like mine. <laughs> it's like, you're, you're, you know, you're well, you know, listen for that. us that have five. Um, that would actually like, that would dictate where we moved because mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to move into a, a community where I was so close to somebody because then I would be disturbing them with my five dogs. You know what I mean? Like hey, Julie, that. Julie has two dogs. Uh, we'll let you be the the mediator here. The voice well, of reason. <laughs> I'm kind of in between love my dog. Like I love our neighborhood cause I can walk my dog off leash in a certain place. So it's more about love my dog convenience for me. Like, is it easy for me to clean up? Is it easy for me to have a place to walk him? So that's a selfish way to be that way. Mm. But also I know homes, they called me dog park, Julie. 
because the whole um, <laughs> development committee got super excited about a dog park. Everybody was on board, thought it was going to be the best thing ever. And I accidentally squashed everybody's hopes and dreams of a dog park when I reminded them there was a huge apartment building right there and all the apartment dwellers were going to be in our dog park every day. So my name was Dog Park Julie. So yes, I do think there are things I would want, but it's kind of selfishly for me, not necessarily just for the dog, but to make my life easier. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, things we love, things we hate. Hmm. That's Gosh, how we wrap always, up. Always scared to recommend stuff like this because sometimes I like weird stuff. Like my husband would hate this, but I watched American Symphony on Netflix and it's, do y'all know who John Batiste is? He's a musician. Name, who's, I... mm -hmm, won a bunch of Grammys and things. He's from New Orleans originally. And his wife, I had read her book about, um, beating cancer. Well, about the same time that he got all these Grammy nods and kind of was on the rise, she got cancer again. And it's kind of their story of like doing both of those two things at once. So it's kind of melancholy, kind of slow, but it's so good. If you like that kind of thing, it's so good. Very good. So I love and what? hate my fat bastard tree. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Live trees. We have a, we got one of those, um, shoot like the pre-lit things a couple years ago it's great convenient but we yeah. still have a live tree because you know it fell over in the past we got like this really nice expensive thing that's supposed to have gyro like stabilizers whatever yeah we haven't used it in like eight years i think i told that story once but we we cut down a live tree once with four kids, two of which were like under three at the time and it was probably oh still the single worst it was like, um, like you went out and like cut it down. It was like Christmas like, vacation, like Christmas movie. vacation, yeah, like, whatever's like everything that could go bad went bad. Like squirrel uh, kids <laughs> fighting, throwing hot chocolate on each other. One of the kids got stuck in the mud. Oh God. We lifted the kid up. The, the boots stayed stuck in the mud and the five-year-old put the two-year-old back down in the mud in their socks. The car got stuck. It was so every year we joke, we're like, do you want to get a live tree this year? <laughs> No, <laughs> the kids even like no we don't yeah mom and dad to, to love each other yeah okay um my thing that i love is amy's gourmet apples uh oh. we'll put a link in the show note it's not an affiliate link these wow. are i kid you not the best caramel apples you will ever have in your life they are i mean the size of a softball at least they're enormous. Um, and they come in every variety you can think of candy bar, traditional cashews, s'mores. Wow. Holiday, they're birthday. so pretty. They're not inexpensive. It's like a hundred dollars for four of them. Wow. Uh, is the, is the, like the promo they have, but I have never, it's one of the things that, um, when I send them to people, they like, are not shy about saying like, are you going to do that again? Are you going to send those to us again? <laughs> like my family's like, are we going to, are you going to send those apples out? Um, Amy's gourmet apples. I think they're out of Wisconsin or some other state, but, and Julie can back me up on this. I think one of the best flavors is it's called the apple pie dunked caramel apple. Yes, um, it's delicious. got white chocolate, which I don't even like on the outside and like apple pie spice crunchy stuff on it. It's really 
it does it's it's better than you would think i wouldn't have picked it and then i got it and i was like yes this one's the best mm, yeah so uh jen i've i've gotten these for the marketing team for the last 3 years i know that's why i said you're going to not like me what so, so now as my you know holiday spirit gift to you i'll send you the link you can pick out four apples and all i'll let you oh i feel so experience. i feel so lucky <laughs> thank you kevin um, you're welcome. The thing that I hate and um, the thing I hate is software solutions in our industry that nickel and dime home builders. Um, the, the idea of, hey, you're going to pay thousands of dollars for a piece of software and then to turn on, it's kind of like when you buy, I think it's the BMW or Mercedes. I don't know. I'm not really a car person, but there's some car that that you have to pay a year to turn on the heated seat function now i think it was mercedes and they, mm. they walked this away but they were like how can we keep making money from people forever i know you'll have to pay us 50 bucks a year to keep your heated seats working in your car mm -hmm. that kind of stuff builders shouldn't tolerate it that's There's like with so anything where you feel nickel and dimed with that you know any business yeah sucks, but it kind of goes back know? to the like um an employee who's not getting it like how many times do you give them a chance. Yeah. In today's world, there's just too many options and too many, you know, new companies, companies that are old, but actually are pivoting to, to accept that kind of behavior is, is not something that you have to do anymore. Um, so mm. Mm. Just, we got to cut that out mm. along with data portability, like to not have full access to data, mm -hmm. to really not really own your own data in that sense is also just kind of, kind of cuckoo, but I couldn't agree Don't with like you it. more. Don't like it. I agree, Kevin. Uh, well, that'll Be do inclusive. it for this week. <laughs> yeah. Is there, is there stop, anything else you stop, want to just, just say? Just say you love? stop talking, Jen. <laughs> no, no I'm. Like no, I am. I love. I love you guys. How about that? Oh we well, there you. you go. All you have to do is <laughs> give her some apples, and it's like she's two shots in, and she's just loving life. Yeah, <laughs> love okay. it. I love it. All right, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us on another episode of Market Proof Marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market-proof.